0: Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Did you know that you can claim CME credit for many of TMA Practice Well podcasts? Just go to www.texmed.org forward slash C-M-E-T-O-G-O. Register for your podcast and follow the instructions to claim CME. The content of CME2GO podcasts do not relate to any product of a commercial interest. Therefore, there are no relevant financial relationships to disclose. Please be advised that the information and opinions presented as part of this podcast should not be used or referred to as a primary legal source and does not replace the advice of your health care attorney. Hi. I'm Heather Betridge, Associate Vice President of Practice Management Services at the Texas Medical Association. In the current healthcare environment where things are constantly changing, it's very challenging, if not impossible, for one person to stay on top of everything. TMA is working closely in teams to try to keep up with these changes to give you a reliable source of information, guidance and possible solutions. Being able to continue to provide care to patients and keeping your practice open is a real concern for the large majority of physicians right now. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, more than half or 66% of the physicians responding to a recent TMA survey reported that their patient volume had decreased by more than 51%. Strong consideration should be given to the likelihood that many of these practices will not be able to recover or reach full capacity by the end of the year. Of the 64% of physicians who reported applying for an SBA loan, To address cash flow issues, 95% of the respondents say they applied for the Paycheck Protection Program, which is widely abbreviated as PPP. Today, I've invited Molly Mailman, a practice management consultant here at TMA, to walk us through the details of the PPP. Molly has been diligent about keeping up with the changes and due dates associated with the PPP and is one of the persons answering your questions when you call or email TMA. Hi, Heather. The Paycheck Protection Program is the most
1: common program accessed by physicians to address cash flow concerns. I'm happy to be here today and hope to answer some of the frequent questions physicians are asking. Great.
0: Let's dive into the details of this program. To start, Molly, what is the Paycheck Protection Program, and who can apply, and what do they need to apply? The PPP Program is a
1: $669 billion business loan program established by the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act to help certain businesses self-employed workers, sole proprietors, certain nonprofits, and tribal businesses continue their workers. Who can apply? All businesses, including nonprofits, veteran organizations, sole proprietorship, self-employed individuals, and independent contractors with 500 or fewer employees can apply. You will need to complete the Paycheck Protection Program loan application and submit the application with required documentation to an approved lender that is available to process your application by August 8, 2020. Do this quickly as funds are dwindling. Small businesses, including physician practices, have another five weeks to apply for a forgivable federal loan under the Paycheck Protection Program, thanks to the law passed July 4th extending the deadline. The deadline to apply for PPP loans had been June 30th. The new law extends that deadline to August 8th.
0: What are the terms of this program? So are there specifics around how large of a loan or what the interest rate is? Great question, Heather. What are the terms of the PPP program? You may only
1: take out one loan under this program. The interest rate is fixed at 1%. Loans can be up to 24 weeks of your average monthly payroll costs from the last year, plus an additional 25% of that amount. That amount is subject to a $10 million cap. You may also apply for more than one PPP loan. There's no risk in applying with more than one lender. According to our lending partners, the SBA systems will accept the first valid application that arrives and then automatically rejects the subsequent ones. So don't worry, just try to get that in as quick as possible.
0: What all can I use the money for? How is it specifically calculated?
1: You can use the loan for payroll costs, including benefits, interest on mortgage obligations incurred before February 15th, 2020 rent under lease agreements enforced before February 15th and utilities for which service began before February 15th. So just remember that date. And then depending on how your business is set up, it will be calculated in a different way. If you're a 1099 contractor, the salary will be the sum of your income earned through freelance work as reported on your 1099 miscellaneous form. If you're a sole proprietor, your 2019 net profit will be as reported on your Schedule C or Line 31. Wages, tips, and taxes are capped at 100000 annually. If you're a partnership, your earnings will be reported on your Schedule K1, that's Line 14, and multiplied by .9325. And then additionally, for an S-Corp, you'll use your salaries reported on your payroll service, on your uh, payroll step
0: so what documentation will i
1: need in my application you're going to need different kind of documentation for this application starting off with your driver's license we're going to need tax returns from 2018 2019 a form 941 a 1099 a form 4506 schedule of liabilities things like the start date of your business bank account information and statements we will also need payroll records from January 1st, 2019 to present. These records should include individual employee headcount and any other eligible expenses deemed as payroll costs. We'll get into payroll costs in a little bit later. You'll need proof of business activity for 2020 and legal documents of your business if you have any state licenses or charters for the business.
0: Do I need to pledge any collateral, a a personal guarantee, or what am I certifying to?
1: That's another great point, Heather. No collateral or personal guarantee is required. As a part of your application, you need to certify in good faith. Current economic uncertainty makes the loan necessary to support your ongoing operations. The fund will be used to retain workers and maintain payroll costs to make mortgage lease utility payment. You have not and will not receive another loan under this program. You will provide to the lender documentation that verifies the number of full-time equivalent employees on payroll and the dollar amounts of payroll costs, covered mortgage interest payments, covered rent payments, and loan under the program is punishable by law. You acknowledge that the lender will calculate the eligible loan amount using the tax documents you submitted. So you need to affirm that these tax documents. Documents are identical to the ones that you submitted to the IRS because they will mirror up to
0: each other When will the loan be due? Can I pay the loan earlier than two years and when do I need to start paying interest?
1: So when is this loan due? This loan is going to be due in five years You can pay the loan earlier and there will be no prepayment penalties or fees. All payments are deferred for six months However, interest will continue to accrue over that period.
0: So how much of the loan will be forgiven? You will owe money when the loan is
1: due if you use the loan amount for anything other than payroll costs, mortgage interest, rent, and utility payments over the 24 weeks after getting the loan. Due to likely high subscription, it is anticipated that not more than 40% of the forgiven amount may be for non-payroll costs. You will also owe money if you do not maintain your staff and payroll.
0: I read that there is a $100,000 per employee limit. What does that mean, really? And can you clarify the criteria for salary reimbursement? There's a lot of conversation
1: about the $100,000 per employee limit. What exactly does that mean? The calculation itself will require you to use your annual salary, as well as the annual salary of any W-2 employees whose primary residence is in the United States. So the PPP program sets a cap on salaries of $100,000. If you or any of your employees make more than that, you'll just have to write $100,000 on your application. Uh, To my understanding, the salary drop will not affect your employees' compliance with the loan. Uh,
0: Just let me know if you guys have additional questions on that. Can you explain what specifically uh, is included for payroll costs? There's a lot of talk around what can be payroll
1: costs. By definition from the Department of Treasury, it is salary, wages, commissions, or tips capped at $100,000 on an annualized basis for each employee. It also includes employee benefits such as costs for vacation, parental leave, family leave, medical, sick leave. Allowance for separation or dismissal, payments required for the provision of the group, health care benefits, such as insurance premiums, payment of any retirement benefit. Uh, keep in mind state and local taxes assessed on compensation. If you're a sole proprietor, that's wages, commissions, income or net earnings. Um, and it, again, it is capped at $100,000. Additionally, we're receiving a lot of questions specifically from physicians regarding telemedicine costs asking, is this a payroll cost? It is not a payroll cost. and will not be reimbursed under the PPP program.
0: So should payments that an eligible borrower made to an independent contractor or, say, a, a sole proprietor, should those be included in calculations of the borrower's payroll costs?
1: Any amounts that an eligible borrower has to be paid on an independent contractor or sole proprietor should be excluded from eligible business payroll costs. However, an independent contractor or sole proprietor will itself be eligible for a loan under the PPP if it satisfies the applicable requirements.
0: What happens if one of my employees applies for unemployment for, say, a reduction number of hours and I have the PPP loan? I have seen nothing that penalizes the
1: calculation of the PPP loan forgiveness of a medical practice for an employee that applies for unemployment benefits, regardless of whether employee qualifies for unemployment benefits or not. Any reduced salary from what was used for the calculation of the PPP does reduce the amount of loan forgiven such as a reduction is corrected by june 30th an employee can apply for unemployment benefits if their salary is reduced uh, but that is separate from the loan forgiveness calculation and then keep in mind any employee that wrongfully uh, continues to apply for unemployment benefits if they're back to working a full-time basis is an issue that the texas workforce commission needs to address
0: did i hear correctly that payroll costs must be both incurred and paid during the 24-week period? If so, should we issue two separate paychecks per employee if part of the pay period falls outside the window? The amount of forgiveness of a PPP loan depends on the borrower's payroll cost over a 24-week period. So when does that 24-week period begin? Good question, Heather. Eligible expenses are those that
1: are incurred over 24 weeks, starting from the day the first payment was made by your lender. This is not necessarily the date on which you signed your loan agreement. Keep that in mind. Depending on your payroll schedule, you may want to adjust the timing of your payroll date to accommodate as many payroll cycles as possible. For example, if your PPP loan gets deposited in your bank account on April 15th, you can use the funds only on expenses incurred during the 24 weeks following April 15th. So please time this accordingly.
0: If I get that employee back to their normal hours before June, however, they do apply for unemployment for reduced hours, does that negate my forgiveness? of the PPP loan.
1: Your loan forgiveness will be reduced if you decrease your full-time employee headcount. Your loan forgiveness will also be reduced if you decrease salaries and wages by more than 25% for any employee that's making less than 100,000 annualized in 2019. You have until June 30th of 2020 to restore your full-time employment and salary levels for any changes made between February 15th and April
0: 26th. So Molly, on June 5th, President Trump signed into law the PPP Flexibility Act. What are the details of that act and what are the main changes?
1: Good point, Heather. So what are the details of the new PPP Flexibility Act? Um, So there's a lot of changes that came through. Under previous PPP loan guidance, borrowers had eight weeks from the time that they received the first loan installment and now they have 24 weeks. They also have the option to keep the original eight-week spending period if they already had their loan before the enactment of the act. Under the new timeline, full forgiveness is still possible. The original PPP loan guidelines mandated that 75% of any forgiven amount had to be spent on payroll costs. This new act reduces required payroll expenditures to 60% of the loan amount, with up to 40% of the loan amount used for mortgage, interest, rent, or utility payments while still retaining full forgiveness of that amount. This change reflects um, complaints from many businesses that their payroll costs went down as employees were laid off, but fixed costs like rent did not. Also under the new Act, failure to spend at least 60% of the total loan amount on payroll will result in no loan forgiveness. Previous requirements required spending 75% of the forgiven amount on payroll. Borrowers can now use the new 24-week period to restore their workforce pre-COVID levels in order to obtain full forgiveness. The new deadline to achieve this is December 31st versus the previous deadline of June 30th. There are two new exceptions that let borrowers achieve full forgiveness even if they don't fully restore their workforce. These are in addition to previous guidance that let companies exclude workers who turned down good-faith offers of reemployment? Borrowers can now also reduce workforce requirements based on the inability to find qualified employees or if they were unable to restore operations to pre-February 15, 2020 levels due to COVID restrictions. The PPP loan repayment period has been extended to five years from the original two, by still retaining the 1% interest rate. This gives borrowers more time to pay off the unforgiven portion of their loan. In addition, the payment deferment period with principal interest and fees is now extended from six months to that date, the borrower is told the amount of their loan forgiveness. Failure to apply for loan forgiveness within 10 months of the end of the covered period will result in payments being due. Finally and lastly, the PPP Flexibility Act of 2020 lets businesses that took a PPP loan also delay paying their payroll taxes. This was not allowed under the original CARES Act, so it's important to note.
0: Molly, thank you for answering these questions today. Do you have any last recommendations for our listeners if they still have questions? If you guys have any questions
1: around loan forgiveness, you can submit a request to the lender that's servicing your loan. The request will include documents that verify the number of full-time equivalent employees, pay rates, as well as payments over eligible mortgage, lease, and utility obligations. uh, Just keep a reminder that you must certify the documents are true and used for the forgiveness amount to keep employees and make eligible payments. The lender must decide on forgiveness within 60 days so just make sure you have good bookkeeping have everything tied up and be able to attest and certify to that uh, if you guys have any questions feel free to reach out to the tma practice consulting department or the knowledge center and we're happy to help you with that thank you so much
0: yes please do call or email tma with any questions Contact information is provided in the podcast description and bookmark www.texmed.org forward slash practice viability where TMA's Practice Viability Toolkit can be found front and center. The toolkit correlates much of the information, resources, and links Physicians need to make informed decisions about their practices viability ability during this pandemic. We've organized the toolkit topically and have embedded hyperlinks throughout so that you can quickly find information. And we'll continually update as changes are identified. Molly, thank you so much for this informative update.